Everyone wants to stop the scourge of COVID-19 as soon as possible. Masks seem to be an important tool to that end. In fact, they seem to be our most potent defense. In today's podcast, I'm going to pass on what I've learned about making masking as effective as possible and give you some tips on helping your children adjust to wearing them. Welcome to Portable Practical Pediatrics, a podcast for parents and families, a place dedicated to children and their well-being. And now, direct from Studio 1E in Charlotte, North Carolina, here's your host, Dr. Paul Smolin. When SARS-CoV-2 first came on the scene, spread was thought to happen mainly through touch of contaminated surfaces, things like doorknobs, pencil sharpeners, or shared food. Well, since those early days, many experts now feel that the SARS-CoV-2 germ can get into the air in a very fine form known as an aerosol and travel from person to person, just like smells do. If this is true, even being farther than six feet can infect a child or an adult, especially if that exposure is in a poorly ventilated closed space like a small room Uh, for an extended period of time, and that is currently thought to be about 15 minutes or greater. If this is true, masks become an even more important tool to protect your children and family from getting COVID-19 because they reduce the spread outward of contaminated droplets and also impede the mask wearer's breathing in of the aerosols. And masks seem to work. No matter how you feel about having your family wear masks, I think if you look around the world at places where masking is accepted as necessary, the spread of all types of viral respiratory infections is much more manageable and contained. During sick season, the masks just come out uh, without hesitation in most parts of the world. So, What have we learned recently about masks with respect to the spread of viral respiratory infections in the U.S.? What does the science show? Well, a recent study found the following when a person coughs, and I'm going to quote from the study. With no mask, the aerosol jet extended an average of eight feet from the head. A handkerchief folded according to instructions from the U.S. Surgeon General reduced that distance to one foot three inches. A store-bought cone-style mask performed better, with the jet only extending eight inches. The best result came from a mask stitched out of two layers of quilted cotton, uh, which permitted only two-and-a-half-inch jet, end of quote. Still not a mask believer? Well, consider a large study done in a huge healthcare facility in Massachusetts recently where the healthcare workers were at high risk of getting infected with COVID 19. Here, they had exponential growth, that's bad, of cases of COVID 19 until they instituted universal masking, at which time they found the infection rate to plummet. In fact, The director of the CDC stated if everyone in the U.S. would mask appropriately, we could get control of the pandemic in just four to eight weeks. And finally, let's look at a study out of Missouri with 
two hairstylists tested positive and had symptoms, but cut the hair of 67 clients. The stylists and the clients were masked during the cuttings, and guess how many of their clients or their contacts of those clients, which was 169 people total, came down with COVID-19? None of them. But we don't need to be statisticians to know that masks work. Just look overseas to the Asian world to understand how effective they really are. Even though most of these nations are much more densely populated than the United States, their daily COVID-19 illness counts are typically under 100. The U.S.'s on August 15th, at the time I wrote this podcast, was 56,729. Okay, we can see that masks are extremely effective and inexpensive devices to limit the spread of respiratory droplets, but does the type of mask make much difference to its effectiveness? The answer is yes. Mask construction matters, one of the best being made of tightly woven cotton with multiple layers and tight fitting to the face. It goes without saying that covering the nose is fundamental to achieving mask effectiveness. Well, in a study just published last week from Duke University, my alma mater, found that not all masks are equally effective. Here is their rankings from best to worst in decreasing order. The most effective, the hospital grade N95. Next, the three-layer surgical mask made of cotton and polypropylene. Next, a two-layer cotton mask pleated like you see so often. Next, a one-layer cotton mask or a knitted mask. Next, a bandana. And finally, unmasked. Another question about masks is, do you reusable masks need care or can I just throw them into my dirty pocket and pull it out whenever I need it? Well, let's talk about that. The information that I am about to give you on keeping your family's mask clean and safe came from a recent popular science article called Face Mask Sanitizing Sterilizing Guide. The article recommends that you clean your mask after every use and lays out acceptable cleaning methods. Oh, and by the way, sanitizing your and your child's hands before you put your child's mask on and after you take it off makes sense. You have to assume that the mask, if used, is full of COVID-19 germs and cleaning your hands will limit spread from the mask to your family. Okay, now for those cleaning methods. It's acceptable to boil a mask for five minutes, but you need to limit the number of boilings to 10 total because the fabric begins to disintegrate after that. It's acceptable to wash your mask in a washing machine with hot water, 140 degrees or greater, with detergent. And ironing just may add an extra layer of protection. It's acceptable to soak your mask in diluted bleach for just five minutes. And it's also acceptable cleaning and letting it sit in the clean bag for at least a week, which seems to be the lifespan of the virus. Methods not recommended, however, are microwaving. This may damage the fabric and create holes. The last thing in the world you want to have in your mask is a hole. Or leaving them outside with exposure to UV light 
This method is not recommended because the radiation is likely to fall unevenly across the mask, especially if it is a pleated mask. How do you get the light into the crevices of the mask? Now onto the big questions. Do your children need to wear masks, and if so, when? Well, my opinion, and that of the experts at the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, is a resounding yes. They need to wear masks any time that you do. But Doc Smo, we all know that children rarely get seriously ill with COVID-19, even if they get infected, right? Well, yes, that's generally true, but they are capable of shedding large amounts of virus to others. How contagious they are still remains to be determined, but caution is the word of the day. In hindsight, had the CDC recommended universal masking at the onset of this pandemic, I'm pretty sure we would not be in the terrible place we are uh, currently in this country. Well, I know what you're thinking. If masks are so effective, how do I get my children to wear them, and how old do they need to be before I expect them to wear a mask? Well, here's some guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Children should wear masks whenever it is appropriate for their parents to wear them. And children under two years of age should not be expected to wear masks, and it actually may be dangerous for them to do so. Getting a properly fitted mask is vital. Amazon has boxes of pediatric disposable 50 to a box multi-layer masks for as little as $17. These seem to be a good choice if you ask me. And finally, here are some suggestions for how to get your children to use uh, masks. Have them look in the mirror with the face covering on and talk about it. Put a face cloth covering on their favorite stuffed animals so they get used to the whole idea. Decorate the, the masks so they're more personalized and fun. Show your cho- children pictures of them wearing a mask. Draw one on their favorite book character. And practice wearing the face covering at home to help your child get used to it. Well, I think those are all good suggestions. Uh, But So I have, at the end of this podcast, a plea to make. Please mask yourselves and your children with the best quality mask you can. Walmart has high-quality reusable cloth masks for about the same cost as a cup of coffee at Starbucks, $2. Now, a word to people who don't think that masks are un- are necessary during a global pandemic. Do me a favor. Stand yourself in front of a mirror and talk to your rational, objective self, not the self charged up with excuses. Admit to yourself that your resistance to masking is just an excuse not to do something that you find uncomfortable and you don't want to do. My advice, just get over it. And for those worried about their civil liberties, Nothing is being taken from you. You are giving the gift of good health to those around you and not having something taken away from you. But Doc Smo, it is too much to ask of me and my family to get, wear, and keep clean masks all the time. My kids don't like them and whine about wearing them constantly. I just can't do it. Well, my answer to that is that your face masking predominantly protects the people who sacrificed almost constantly for you when you were young. That is, your parents and your grandparents. They are at the greatest risk of COVID-19 
and deserve to be protected. I hope you agree. Well, that was a little longer than usual, but I hope you found it informative. I hope I convinced you that masks are our way out of this pandemic mess and that you and your family need to do your part. If you think someone you know might benefit from this podcast, feel free to pass it on. For it to work, we need everyone on board this train. This is Dr. Paul Smolin reminding you of an important parenting task, that of getting your family to wear a mask. Until next time. I would like to thank the following people for their assistance in the production of this podcast. Dr. David Jaffe, the voice of the introduction. Robert Beezer, the composer-arranger of the intro music. Anne Gesner, my wonderful content editor. Benjamin Smolin and Jerome Moof, the talented musicians who produced this delightful theme music. Sarah Smolin and Nathaniel Horlick for their digital wizardry and Wendy Smolin Esquire, and Seth, the Rocketman Barrister Jaffe, for their inspirational guidance. Thanks, guys. By listening to this podcast, you agree to all of the terms and conditions found at the docsmo.com website. This docsmo.com podcast is informational only. Dr. Smolin does not diagnose, treat, or offer specific medical advice for your child. For specific medical advice regarding your child, consult his or her health care provider.